nobody wanted to talk to me. Uh, and talk about being a loner, I was very, very much alone. WVIA's Mind Over Matter, a mental health initiative, is underwritten by Geisinger. When you hear Geisinger, what comes to mind? A hospital? Doctors? Health insurance? We're all those things. But here's something you might not think of. We're also your local pharmacy. Geisinger Pharmacy isn't just for people in the hospital. It's for you. Want to fill a prescription? We've got you covered. Just need over-the-counter stuff? We've got that too. And Geisinger Pharmacy is run by your friends and neighbors. We're your local healthcare system and your local pharmacy. I never wanted anybody to know what I was doing. So I kept it inside and uh, it ate away at me. And uh, the only way I could quiet it down was drinking. When, when I was drinking, I always isolated. I didn't want to know anybody. Uh, when I would come home, uh, you know, shut the, tr- uh, shut the shades and be by my, myself. And this COVID, uh, for me, was really, really something that affected me because uh, I suffer from anxiety and also depression, which I'm being counseled for. I take my medication. And when I couldn't go to the bars anymore, I couldn't go shopping like I used to. Uh, I just had to sit home. And uh, that affected me quite a bit. I, uh, I, I had been to the uh, emergency room with uh, anxiety attacks. And uh, that also affects my, uh, my breathing because I have uh, chronic asthma. So I... Uh, you know, one affects the other. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast. I'm Tracy Matisak, and in this episode, we're checking back in with George Kinney, who shared his story with us in a 2021 Mind Over Matter TV broadcast on WVIA. George is a veteran who lives in northeastern Pennsylvania, and like many older adults, he found that the isolation brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic took a big toll on his mental and physical health. We've come a long way from those dark early days and months of the pandemic, and happily, so has George. He joins us now to share more of his story, and George Kinney, welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast. Uh, Thank you, and uh, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, so, George, first of all, how are you doing these days? Well, I, I, uh, it's it's like I'm in a different world. Uh, I have about, uh, oh man, now almost three years of sobriety. Uh, I'm getting out more, uh, socializing with people, uh, going to my AA meetings, 
and uh, I'm still doing my therapy work up at the VA, but uh, they're also talking about maybe uh, uh, end of May or so uh, going up and talking to the uh, the fellows in the rehab department uh, because uh, where I was and uh, where I am today is uh, two different worlds, two different worlds. Uh, it sounds like night and day, and congratulations, George. It sounds like you have come a long way since the last time we talked with oh, you. I'll tell you, I've, uh, I've come a long way. Yes, a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I go to meetings uh, probably about uh, four or five times a, a week. Um, you know, if I'm not doing that, I'm talking to people on the phone, and I love it. Well, that is wonderful, and we're happy to have you on the podcast. Um, I want to talk a little bit later about all the things that you have been doing to promote healing, but first I want to rewind a little bit. Um, when we interviewed you in 2021, you told us that, you know, the isolation that we all experienced during COVID really took a toll on you, and you said that it made your anxiety and depression even worse. Can you share a little bit more about what that looked like for you during that time? Uh, a very um, a very dark hole or dark tunnel um, with uh, no place to go. Uh, you know, because uh, everything was getting locked down. You know, you, you had to wear a mask no matter where you went. Um, I use public transportation because I don't drive. So it's, uh, you got to wear a mask on the bus. You got to wear a mask. So it was wearing a mask all the time for me. And uh, that affected my breathing. And, of course, breathing with me also brings on a little bit of uh, my anxiety. And it was uh, uh, a, a tough and a hard road because uh, I, I didn't want to go back out drinking, but uh, it was a tough road to just stay sober and just uh, trying to live uh, one day at a time. That's what they talk yeah. about in... Uh, in our AA groups. You mentioned, too, that you ended up in the emergency room with panic attacks. Um, for people who have not experienced a panic attack, can you explain what that feels like? Oh, it, it's, it's, it's hard to describe. It's, it's uh, for me, my mind races, and, and just not thinking about anything in particular, but it's just racing at 90 miles an hour, going nowhere, and uh, I can't slow it down. And uh, for me, uh, living alone, it makes me feel like, uh, uh, if you want to say, uh, the only way out maybe is, uh, uh, for a lot of people, they use uh, suicide. You know, they just can't. Uh, function in their own brain uh, for a long period of time. And I had to learn to live with that. I think for a lot of people too, George, and this was my experience because I've had some panic attacks where not only was my mind racing, but my heart was racing so fast, I was convinced I was having a heart attack. 
Uh, yes, and, or you, it, it's almost like your heart's going to bust out of your chest. Um, exactly. Luckily, mine wasn't as bad as for what I hear some people get. But uh, for me, living alone uh, and my mind racing as fast as it was, I was very scared. Yeah. You said to us, George, that you had experienced depression even before the pandemic. And I have a couple of questions about that. One is, do you think that your time in the military played a role in the mental health struggles that you've had? I'm not sure because um, the fellas getting out today uh, are diagnosed better. When I got out in uh, in the 70s, early 70s, uh, I was told to sign a piece of paper. Here's my discharge. Here's my uh, separation money and goodbye. And I wasn't told anything about uh, getting help through the VA uh, hospitals. So I used my insurance and did private doctors. And I'll tell you, the guys getting out today that are told, hey, go to the VA, they're going to help you. You know, for me, I was left alone for so long. And I didn't find the VA hospital until uh, 2005. And by, mm -hmm. So that was a long time that you suffered, that you dealt with that and didn't really have the resources to help with it. And I think, too, George, what you said is so important because you also grew up in a time when people just did not talk about mental health issues, right? There was always like a stigma attached to depression, to anxiety. And um, I wonder how you manage that, just sort of living in a time when we didn't talk about it the way we do today. Uh, no, I, I, and I even see it on TV more and more. Uh, you know, it's it's more... I don't want to say advertise, but people have a little bit more idea that, hey, this is this is something that people go through. And, uh, you know, uh, with myself being an AA member, uh, when you're not sure what's going on, you have people that you can talk to and ask a question and they can tell you, you know, what happened to them, how they felt, what they did. And uh, for me, uh, my biggest help is the uh, the VA hospital. Um, just call up and uh, you can ask a question. Also, um, you know, we had the VA hotline uh, or, you know, for the, the uh, regular person, they can call 988 and... Uh, you know, they can get help. There's there's help out there, but you have to ask the question. Right. You have to ask. You have to know where to look for it, and you have to ask for it. Um, George, there was something you said that I want to follow up on there. Um, experts tell us that substance use, whether it was drugs or alcohol or what have you, really went up dramatically during the pandemic. And you said that that was true for you, too, that you drank to cope with the things that were bothering you at the time. Um, would you be willing to share a little bit of what was on your mind back then? Uh, in the beginning of COVID, I mean, I got sober uh, probably seven, eight months into the COVID situation. 
but before that, and and even when I was working, I I always felt that uh, I didn't. Uh, I don't know what you want to say. Uh, live up to standards of other people. I felt that uh, I wasn't like other people. Um, you know, I I didn't graduate high school, so I felt I was a less of a person. And, uh, you know, after COVID and going through all the treatments I've gone through and everything that's happened to me, um, you know, uh, graduating high school uh, isn't all that bad. You know, I uh, I found out that I'm <laughs> I'm just like other people, just that I don't have the the education. All my education was um, learned over the course of uh, all the years that uh, the different jobs I had, the different skills I acquired. And uh, that's how I got my education. It sounds like you were able to think about it in a different way, that you started off feeling sort of less than because of the lack of education. But then when you thought about it and you thought about, you know, maybe there's one way, more than one way to get an education, right? And that you've done it maybe in a different way. And I was thinking, too, when you were talking about how, you know, when you're thinking thoughts like that about how, you know, I don't have all the education I wish that I had or I'm not like other people. If you live by yourself and you're in the middle of a pandemic when everybody's on lockdown, um, it's pretty easy for those kinds of thoughts to really start sort of swirling in your mind and they can take you on a spiral. Uh, yes, they can. Uh, and the. I noticed it with myself. This, the first spiral was, uh, get a drink. Um, and I didn't care how I was going to get it, but that's what, you know, if I could drink as much as I could handle and I came home and I passed out and the world didn't bother me, I just, uh, you know, I didn't care. Yeah. But I also found out that wasn't a way to live my life. Uh, the life I live today, even though I'm just sober for three years, is so much better. Uh, I put my head on my pillow at night. I thank God for having a good day. And I can go to sleep. And uh, the only thing that's spinning in the room is the ceiling fan on the ceiling. You know, before it was the whole room. <laughs> well, that's um, a good thing, right? <laughs> nobody wanted to talk to me. Uh, and talk about being a loner. I was very, very much alone. And today people call me, how are you? What's going on? It, it's it's amazing. I'm going to pause here to replay a bit of a conversation we had with Dr. Daniel Jorman back in 2021. At the time, Dr. Jorman was executive director of the Pennsylvania Governor's Office of Advocacy and Reform, where his focus was to create better outcomes for all people whose circumstances have made them vulnerable. He saw firsthand how the pandemic affected older Pennsylvanians. The behavioral health impacts on our senior population have been profound. Um, although one of the things that maybe is a, a source of hope is that when we had the opportunity to connect with those seniors um, all throughout the pandemic, um, some of them are so resilient 
and talked about things like surviving Korea or Vietnam and, you know, and all the things that they've survived in their lives. And, and that attitude I'm gonna, of, I'm going to get through this too, uh, was something that gave us hope. They were cheering us up. But, but it is profound, and we do have to continue to find ways to try and heal from that damage that's been done. For George, part of the healing from the damage involved creating a whole new support system. Back in 2002 uh, was the end of my uh, family. Uh, I was a heavy drinker back then. My wife left. I lost my job, and I struggled with everything up until 2005. I got a little bit of sobriety, and then I went right back out drinking. So right now, I don't have any family close by. Uh, my family, per se, are people I know in AA, my sponsor, and uh, some of my neighbors here that are actually talking to me again and saying, hello, how are you? So you've been able to create a new family is what it sounds like. Yeah. I want to talk much more about that and how your story took a dramatic turn for the better, George. We're going to talk about that in just a moment, but we're going to take a short break and we'll be back right after this. WVIA presents a Mind Over Matter Minute. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Faulkner from Geisinger. Creating a safe home environment is vital when a family member is in crisis. Following these suggestions can help reduce the risk and chances of self-harm or suicide. Guns should be stored and unloaded in a locked safe. Lock away knives, razor blades, and other sharp objects. Keep all medications in a locked box. Lock all toxic household cleaners. Monitor online activities for researching methods of suicide or purchasing items that could be used for self-harm. If you are concerned that a loved one has been exhibiting signs of self-harm or suicide, contact a mental health professional or dial 911 immediately for an emergency evaluation. Remember, you are not alone. For more, visit wvia.org forward slash mindovermatter or dial 211 to speak with someone who can help. Mind Over Matter is presented by WVIA in partnership with Geisinger. You're listening to the Mind Over Matter podcast. I'm Tracy Matasak, and our guest is George Kinney. George shared his story with us in a 2021 Mind Over Matter TV broadcast on WVIA. And we were talking about adults living in isolation, particularly during COVID, and that how that has exacerbated so many mental health issues. George George's story has a happy ending, and we are about to talk a little bit more about that. Um, George, you told us that while early on, that isolation that you experienced during COVID made your life worse, it ultimately made your life better because that isolation and that time gave you time to think. Um, what kinds of decisions did you make during that time that began to turn your life around? Uh, Tracy, and in the beginning, uh, I actually got sober for uh, because I couldn't get the alcohol. And uh, I was also had a sponsor in AA, and I started talking to him a little bit more, and then his sister, and uh, talking to people in the AA program that have gone through what I was going through, you know, not not being able to drink, and uh, I also did a lot more with the uh, the VA hospital with uh, programs as far as my mental health. Uh, 
I'm not a doctor, so I go to the doctor to find out what's wrong. And uh, I started to get some uh, help with my mental conditions. Uh, made some, uh, they made some uh, medical, or I should say, uh, uh, med changes for me. And things started to look a little better. And uh, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like during that time that, first of all, the lack of access to alcohol helped you in the sense that you just could not get it as easily. But then it also, as you said, it gave you time to think about some things and make some decisions and begin to reach out to some people who could help. You mentioned AA. You also mentioned earlier on the VA and what a big help the VA has been to you. Can you tell us a little bit about how the VA helped you during that time? Uh, yes, uh, the VA. Um, like I said, when I, when I separated in early 70s, uh, they didn't tell anybody where to go for help. And now uh, there is so much out there. Uh, and the, the VA Medical Center does a, uh, uh, a nice, uh, I don't want to say advertisement, but they have uh, brochures when you walk in, and uh, they actually are putting the, uh, the word of help out there. And they're, they're, they're actually saying, you know, if you feel you have PTSD or you feel that uh, you have anxiety or you feel you have depression, just go to your primary care, you know, and, and start there. Tell him, hey, I feel like I have this problem. And then he's going to be able to maybe guide you in a direction you need to go to get the help you need. And were you able to get therapy through the VA or what were some of the things that the resources there that helped you? Uh, for the VA, I get all my my uh, accesses all through the VA. Um, I just did a short term with uh, Beata Health where they came to uh, actually my house and uh, worked with me for, uh, you know, different things like therapy or uh, OTRT, which is, uh, you know, it, it's type of therapy to help you get moving because I wasn't going out and get the exercises I need. I was just sitting home uh, watching TV and uh, munching on the chips and stuff that I shouldn't have been munching on that now put all the weight on that I am now trying to get off. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the VA has been a huge help. And I know that there are a lot of veterans like you um, who are struggling with various issues, but may be reluctant to take advantage of the resources that the VA offers or AA for that matter. Um, what might you say to a fellow veteran who is struggling but feels reluctant to reach out and get help? Just ask the question. You know, uh, the question you don't ask that's the dumb question. If you ask a question, whether it be right or wrong, or you feel that, oh, maybe somebody will think different of me, just ask the question. Uh, there's a lot of answers. There's a lot of help. Yeah, it's just making that first step, right? Whether you're, uh, you know, you have PTSD, you're an alcoholic, or you're a drug addict, just ask the question. And uh, 
you know, maybe uh, if you know somebody that's in AA, just say, I don't know what to do. Where do I start? And grab their hand and they'll walk you into the AA program. And don't feel funny that somebody's going to laugh at you for walking in because I had a a revolving door on the AA program for years. But the only reason I kept coming is my sponsor kept saying, keep coming. Sobriety will get you. And it did. George, you told us back in 2021 that talking about what's on your mind has been a really big help for you. Um, You said that, you know, you can call somebody. There are people in your life now that you can talk to. Who do you call um, when you're struggling? And I wonder if it was difficult for you, at least in the beginning, to reach out to people in that way. Talking to people in the beginning was very difficult because uh, I was brought up in that age where you didn't talk about what was bothering you. And uh, today, um, you know, I've got so many people that I can talk to. My sponsor, my sponsor's sister, um, people that I just know in AA, through my my home group that I go to or just people that I've met from other people and just say, geez, you know, I'm having this little problem. What do I do? And uh, there's a lot of answers out there. And you you being an alcoholic or a a drug addict, you're not going to know what the answers are uh, by yourself. You have to have somebody on the outside, looking in and saying, yep, that's your problem. Here's where to go for help. Now that we're all able to be out and about again, um, tell me a little bit more about what you're doing to keep yourself busy and to stay mentally healthy. I know that you mentioned, you know, the VA and the AA meetings. Um, What other kinds of things are you doing to just kind of keep yourself in a good place? Uh, Well, I've met a few people in the AA program, and I've also met another fellow, and I also go to what they call a DRA meeting, and that's a dual recovery meeting. Whether you're an alcoholic or a drug addict, you could go there and share what's bothering you. And I'm hanging around with him more often. Uh, We're talking about uh, this summer going to flea markets uh, going to farmers markets. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, computer right now, looking to see when farmers markets open up to go buy my my fresh groceries. Instead of uh, you know what you buy at a supermarket in the winter time is basically that comes from somewhere else. It's been frozen. Well, I love that. It sounds like you're filling up your calendar. You're looking for activities to do. You're keeping yourself busy and you're getting out of the house. And that's good therapy in itself. Getting out of the house is the biggest uh, factor in getting rid of all the, uh, you know, what what happened to me in COVID. You know, COVID uh, being locked down in my house uh, within the four walls. And I looked at them for 24 hours a day, seven days a week for almost a year and a half. And now that I'm getting out and uh, 
right right now today I've got uh, my doors are open I got a screen down the fresh air is coming in and just having the door open and being able to look out and things are starting to turn green I feel good yeah that does wonders for your mood all by itself right a little fresh air and sunshine and some good weather can make a world of difference. Yes, it can. Yeah. George, finally, um, you have shared a number of things with us that you have done to help yourself to start feeling better. If you had to pick one thing that you think helped you the most, what would that be? Not giving up on sobriety. Yeah, just continuing to keep at it because you said that you had gone different times. You mentioned a revolving door with AA, but you kept going back. Yeah. You know, that's one of our, our sayings. You know, if you come there and, and you can't get it on the first trip, just keep coming. It, it'll get you. Uh, and then follow direction. Um, get a sponsor. That's a, you know, in what we have in AA is uh, someone that's going to guide you through the program. And just start working the program, reading the material, doing the things you need to do to get better. Yeah, um, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yes, because, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are, are that, the, you know, the doctors and nurses and everything, nobody knew anything about alcohol. There's not a pill you could take that's going to make you better over alcohol. Uh, it's a... Um, it's a mind game, uh, you know, and alcohol tends to want to run your mind. And if you let it, it will take you back out and you will drink. Well, you chose not to let it, George, and your life has really um, experienced a major turnaround. George Kinney is a veteran who lives in Northeast Pennsylvania. George, thank you for your service, and thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Okay, anytime. You're listening to the Mind Over Matter podcast. For more information on this and other mental health issues, check out our website at wvia.org slash mindovermatter. I'm Tracy Matisak. See you next time. WVIA's Mind Over Matter, a mental health initiative, is underwritten by Geisinger. When you hear Geisinger, what comes to mind? A hospital? Doctors? Health insurance? We're all those things. But here's something you might not think of. We're also your local pharmacy. Geisinger Pharmacy isn't just for people in the hospital. It's for you. Want to fill a prescription? We've got you covered. Just need over-the-counter stuff? We've got that too. And Geisinger Pharmacy is run by your friends and neighbors. We're your local healthcare system and your local pharmacy. 